kind, we can have compassion. And greetings. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse. And as always, I'm wishing you the best. And we love to hear from you. Thank you so much for downloading. You know, we've been doing this show, this particular show, um, since its inception here on Progressive Radio Network. But this actual show started um, as a radio show. Before, long before there were podcasts. So we've been doing our shows, myself and our co-host, Dr. Eugene Saprone, since 1987. And we still do many of them inside radio studios. But now, of course, they're also available as podcasts. So this show, The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z, you are welcome to download through your podcast app and then I guess if you say like or you say something, I don't know too much about those things, then you actually get an update as the new shows come on every week. And we have many thousands of these that are archived as well. And on our website at naturalnurse.com, if you go there to naturalnurse.com, under radio shows, we have these shows archived there as well. And they're searchable. They're searchable by topic. If you want to know something about skin health, like we're going to be talking to our wonderful guest today, Dr. Mark Tagner. We're going to be talking to him about skin health. But let's say you wanted to find out about digestive health or wellness, or let's say arthritis. Of course, Dr. Zamperon and I have written many books, and one is called Arthritis, the Alternative Medicine Definitive Guide. We've also talked about re-releasing that book just as the name Inflammation, because of course, so many illnesses are linked to various causes that are linked to inflammation, and that's what that whole book is about, herbs, homeopathy, and you better get your homeopathy now because they're rapidly, uh, it's disappearing. Whole Foods is not carrying homeopathy anymore. Um, They really have a vendetta against homeopathy, which of course is extremely effective, extremely safe, and extremely inexpensive. So why would we want that as part of our medical model? It's a scary thing. But be that as it may, we have so many classes available at naturalnurse.com. And that's where we have most things listed. We're on Facebook and Instagram, all those things. But we still have most of our content on the website. I really like that better because you can visit it anytime. It doesn't flip and change instantaneously. It stays there so you can come back and see it again. Um, We have thousands of articles and thousands of podcasts and lots of classes and events. And we do list the most upcoming classes and events because we also have, if you go to Natural Nurse Academy, we have archived classes on any topic. And all of our classes, by the way, also have CE units for those of you who are professionals like massage therapists, 
acupuncturists, nurses, nurse practitioners, RDs, and clinical nutritionists, all of whom get CEU credits by taking our classes, but meanwhile, you're learning about holistic medicine. And if you're someone who doesn't have a license and don't need that, then you still can take the classes for your own knowledge base, and you just don't need to get the CEUs. For instance, we have our 2024 Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course up so that you can see it anytime and sign up for it. And this class always sells out. It's a four-class series, and when you're done, you get a beautiful certificate saying that you completed the Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course. Now, people sometimes say, oh, does that mean I'm an herbalist? No, it doesn't mean you're an herbalist. This is part of your training to become an herbalist, or if you are already advanced, then it's more knowledge in your herbal belt. But if you're someone who seriously wants to become an RH, which is a registered herbalist, that's the most recognized herbalist certification in the United States, much more than a master herbalist from wherever grants that, the RH, which is a registered herbalist, then the Natural Nurse Herbal Certification course definitely is used towards your RH or you can just take it for your own knowledge so you know the difference between a tincture and an extract did you ever see herbs in a little glass bottle well some are tinctures and some are extracts how do you know you know we, we learn herbal language in the natural nurse herbal certification course as well as how to put a herbal protocol together for a specific health challenge for yourself or your family. So you really do learn a lot. We even do a short course in botany. So we just have a way to speak about our plant allies. And that's all listed there at naturalnurse.com. We also have our Echo Tours for Cures listed, where we actually go to the island of Jamaica. And that is a full course hosted by Bastyr University in Naturopathic Medicine. So lots and lots of things to do. We have a free class coming up in February, where we're going to be live and taking your questions so that's coming up and wow, it's going fast, right? We're all the way up to December already. Amazing. And the holiday season. So things are moving quickly in all of our worlds. And today we are so happy to bring on board as our guest, Dr. Mark Tejer. Well, Tejer, we'll ask him how we spell that, uh, say that correctly, who is a medical doctor who completed his training at Duke Medical School and also family practice at the University of Oregon. He served as the founding vice president of marketing for Reliant Technologies, where he launched the Fraxel Laser. He also served as Director of Practice Management for the Miami Cosmetic Surgery Conference and Director of Strategic Initiatives for A4M. Along with Dr. Peter Statz, he co-founded the Vegas Nerve Society. 
Dr. Teja has created a 40-hour CME course on personalized nutrition for practitioners on behalf of the American Nutrition Association, and he is on the faculty of Duke Integrative Medicine. He has released many books, and his most recent book is called Feed Your Skin Right, Your Personalized Nutrition Plan for Radiant Beauty. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Moore. Uh, Ellen, this is great. Uh, You've done such amazing work for so long. It's really my honor to be able to chat with you today. And the deal card is Tager. Tager. Okay. Kind of like Tiger, but Tager. Yeah, like Tiger. That's where I do it. It's Tiger with an A. Exactly. Excellent. So I will get it right um, as we go through our show today. But let's go back in time. And what made you want to become a physician in the first place? Oh, you know, uh, I guess there's always two pieces that that one answers. One is that a uh, love of science, and then the the desire to help people. But that wasn't really the trans most transformative moment. It was really when I went to Duke. Um, I got hepatitis in my second year, and I had this wonderful opportunity to look at my life. I was I lost 20 pounds. I was yellow. I was wizard. I was dry. My skin was dry. It was infectious hepatitis. And I had a chance to say, wait a minute, this lifestyle as a medical student, you know, just eating junk, not getting enough sleep. Uh, believe it or not, I was smoking cigarettes at the time because everybody did. This is way back in the 70s. And I said, if I continue this, this will kill me. So I had this this moment where the light turned on and I got into yoga and meditation and running and uh, got really attentive to my diet. And then in my third year, along with Henry Kamen, a biochemistry professor, I set up one of the very first, probably the first training program in nutrition for medical students. And this is way back when. And I guess that love of nutrition has stayed with me and color is how I see issues and problems that people present with today. So you decided to become a physician and <laughs> and you went to a regular conventional medical school yeah. and got all of the excellent background that you get there. But what made you now move into what I think should be mainstream medicine, I think should be standard of practice, but now you are in the camp of what you're calling um, lifestyle medicine and integrative functional medicine. What made you move in that direction? It's lots of names, first of all. I mean, it's it's integrative. Is it functional? Is it holistic? Is it wellness? Is it lifestyle? Behind all those names are some principles. And those principles are what guide what clinicians who are adopting this new paradigm of of care actually move forward with. But for me, I realized early on that I couldn't help solve someone's deep-seated root cause problems in 10 or 12 minutes. So when I was in uh, Portland, Oregon, and uh, this is in the late 70s, Uh, I set up an institute for preventive medicine where I saw patients for an hour at a time. We we had a whole team. We had classes and workshops. I taught Monday evening yoga and uh, put all my patients into my yoga class. And this is way, way back. And then we used to actually take care of some of the Portland trailblazers uh, who who wanted wellness doctors. So the point was that you, you need time 
you need, and I often often call this tincture of time. You talked a little bit about tinctures, and you know, you really need to understand what drives people, what motivates people. Uh, you need to be able to do the kind of assessments that are so critical for well-being. Now, the good news is, you know, from the 70s to today, we have so many more sophisticated ways of personalizing treatments, of understanding what's going on uh, uh, for folks. And in my book, you know, uh, the most important word of feed your skin right is the word right. I mean, what's right for one person isn't always right for another. So that's what sort of drove me. I started doing that. And then Kaiser Permanente asked me to become uh, the director of health promotion in Oregon. And I, 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 from there, I realized that I had a little bit more skill one to many than one to one. I mean, I still would see patients. And, but I, I started to become more of a healthcare communicator and trying to bring this message that you bring so well to so many people and, and bring that to the masses of clinicians. And so we're all in the same sort of boat there uh, and, and united in our desire to give our colleagues the knowledge, skills, and support to help their patients. Well, it's interesting that you say that because that really is my focus now because after 57 years, that's a long time, um, I was doing more one-on-one -on -one with clients and patients at medical centers. I worked as Dr. Serafina Corsello. I don't know if you ever heard of her, but she had a huge center at the same time as Dr. Atkins and Dr. Hoffman. Dr. Hoffman is still around, Dr. Robert Quite Hoffman. Yeah, but yeah. he was a colleague and a younger colleague of those people, Dr. Serafina Corsello and Robert Atkins. So we all had, they all started with ACAM with Jeffrey Bland. So I've been doing this a very, very long time. But we did one-on-one -on -one with patients. That I have now migrated to teaching other providers so that this medicine can move forward and reach more people. But it's still after so many decades, you know, unfortunately, in a political sense, very repressed. And I'm just wondering when that's going to change. You know, I, I certainly agree with that. I, but, you know, we are seeing this movement um, of credentialing of of physicians who really want to help their patients get to the root cause. So we are seeing this movement take hold. If you go ahead and just go into LinkedIn, for example, and you put integrative or functional or holistic and, and practitioners, you're going to see a lot of practitioners' names come up. And, you know, there's always this us versus them mentality that's easy to have. But, you know, I feel I feel a lot of compassion for my you know allopathic clinician friends because you know they they're in silos and they only can deal with one organ and one organ system so if you go to a gastroenterologist it's just gi urologist is gu if you go to uh, an endocrinologist it's just hormones and and what we're really advocating here is you know actually the title of my first book which is in 1978 called whole person healthcare. I've done you know, 11 books on things that interest me about every three, four years. I, I think I know something, I write a book about it, but, but it's 
whole person healthcare. And, and I think most folks are yearning for that. And the problem you, you have, and, and this is interesting because it gets to the motivation of people. I will see people who will um, complain and fight over a $35 copay because they think all of that is supposed to be, everything's supposed to be paid by their health insurance. Yet very often in the same um, office, they'll go and they'll drop $3,000 on Botox and fillers, which was sort of why I, I, I like to think that we can bring people into the holistic health, integrative, functional, root cause world through beauty. It's a big door and it's it's a motivator for people. And, and really what we need to do, and, and this is what my work is right now, is trying to help practitioners arm them with the tools to create inside out and outside in beauty. At least speak the language. And if you're, you're an aesthetic practitioner, begin to understand some of the inside out components. And if you are a, a functional integrative person, Change your dialogue, work your dialogue so you bring in beautiful skin as a motivator. It's a powerful motivator. So that's why your new book is focused on Feed Your Skin Right, Your Personalized Nutrition Plan for Radiant Beauty. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the point there is <clears throat> for all these years, I, I, I've always been asked the same four questions uh, from anyone who wants radiant, beautiful skin. Here they are. What should I eat? What topical should I apply? What supplements should I take? And what procedures should I have? And everyone always says, well, just give me the answer. You know, you're interviewed by people, excuse me, as am I. And it's, just tell me the three things to do. Just tell me the one thing to do. Excuse me. And there, there is a simple answer to this question. It depends. So there are no two people in the world with the exact same skin, no people with the same combination of genetics and history and medication use and exposure to the elements. So what we've learned really, and we see this across medicine, across all of healthcare, we see this uh, personalized approach being one in which we're able to tailor a specific treatment, the right treatment for the right person at the right time. And, and when we think about the motivator of beautiful skin, we, we have new tools and, and, and we have methodology to evaluate um, people in ways that we didn't have before. Right. So that's, you know, that's really helpful that you're talking about individualized, certainly, and you even say it in the name of your book, Personalized Nutrition Plan. So what, what do you are sharing that this book does is it might be good for a practitioner to understand what exact combination might be best for a specific client. Exactly. Because, you know, what we, we look at, first of all, is how do you assess the patient? I mean, so there's, there's the, the history and part of it has to deal with diet, 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 and diet. Because the reality is, as a practitioner, I cannot out supplement your crappy diet. <laughs> it just it can't be done. And you know we have to have to guard against. You know we've got a pill for every ill, so we really don't want to have a supplement for every symptom as well. So we want to get to the root cause. We, we want to have the ability to inquire about diet. 
Now, on top of that, there are there are series of factors that that affect nutrients, and you certainly I know that you've done a lot of work with uh, DNI drug nutrient interactions. If you've got twenty six million people on statins. We know the statins, for example, deplete CoQ10. What is CoQ10 important for? Mitochondrial health. How do we age? How does the skin age? It ages by mitochondrial dysfunction. So we want to support that. So there's DNIs. Then on top of that, we've got the genetic components of learning to eat right for your gut. Now, we all have these SNPs, these single nucleotide polymorphisms, which are just little genetic variants. In fact, that's we each of us have two, three million of them, but only a few really code for anything <clears throat> that is meaningful. So, for example, you can have a SNP that impacts your the transport, the absorption, the metabolism of a given nutrient, like vitamin D or vitamin C. There are SNPs that interfere with physiological processes. So example, how prone are you to glycation, which is the sugar attaching to the collagen in your skin and changing it, making it more brittle, making you more prone to fine lines and wrinkles. Um, the MMPs, which is uh, the enzymes that break down collagen. So there are some people genetically. So wait, wait, that's a, that's a, might be a new one to some people. Like you and I know what we're talking about to each other, but when you throw out that word, a big one. That's like a big MMPs. One. That's, that's what a are we talking word. about there? These are protease enzymes, metallo uh, metallic protease enzymes. But the point is, what they are is that you know in our bodies we have enzymes that break down. I mean. Our body is in constant state of anabolism and catabolism. We build up, we break down, build up and break down. And the breaking down of collagen is done by these things called MMPs. They're proteases. They break down the little collagen protein molecules. Excellent explanation. People, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people, in fact, break things down faster. So what that means is that they have increased requirements for some of the amino acids and the vitamin C and the iron and the copper that go into the creation of their own collagen. So I, I think that sheds a light. And then, of course, we're going to go down and we're going to understand what's going on in the gut. Well, uh, we are going to, but we are going to take a break right here. And I just want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Dr. Mark Tager, and he's a medical doctor, a really nice site. I've been looking at your site, which shows a great picture of your new book, um, Feed Your Skin Right, Your Personalized Nutrition Plan for Radiant Health. And you can find that at drtager.com. And of course, we have live links. Today, we're doing the show live right now while we're on air. Um, but you can always visit later and get the show as well as the archive. And so we will be right back with more right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. You can always find us at naturalnurse.com. On this edition of The Natural Medicine Chat, we'll discuss the ancient Chinese science and art of acupuncture. Acupuncture is a 5,000-year-old medical procedure involving insertion and manipulation of needles into specific points on the body. It is often applied to relieve pain during surgery 
and for many other conditions. Acupuncture needles have been found in China that are over 4,000 years old. The first needles were made of stone. Later, bronze, gold, or silver was used, and today they are usually made from steel. Acupuncture was developed around the theory of special meridian points on the body connected to the internal organs, and that vital energy, or chi, flows along these meridians. According to this theory, diseases are caused by interrupted energy flow, and the stimulation of these points restores normal energy circulation. There is some scientific evidence of the existence of the meridians as a separate circulatory system. Studies were done in the 1970s by a Dr. Kim from Korea where he injected radioactive dyes into the traditional acupuncture points. He observed migration of the dyes along the exact predicted path of the meridians. How acupuncture works remains uncertain, but both Western and Eastern scientific studies on rabbits have shown that the analgesic effects are not simply a matter of suggestion. After the discovery in 1975 of endorphins, natural pain inhibitors in the body, some neurophysiologists suggested that the needles may trigger the release of these substances. American and Chinese studies have confirmed that placing acupuncture needles in the brains of dogs raises the level of endorphins in the spinal fluid. Acupuncture is used today in most hospitals in China and by many private practitioners in virtually every country in the world, including the United States. The primary use is for analgesia, although ulcers, hypertension, asthma, and other conditions have been documented to respond favorably to this treatment. Chinese surgeons prefer acupuncture to the use of drug-induced analgesia because they claim it does not disturb normal body physiology and therefore does not make the patient vulnerable to shock. Brain surgery is especially amenable to this form of analgesia when it is necessary to keep the patient awake during the operation. Although some modifications in the practice of acupuncture have been made, such as sometimes using a small electric current on the needle instead of the traditional twirling, acupuncture remains intact as an ancient therapeutic technique that has been used successfully for at least 5,000 years. Perhaps you'd like to add this piece of knowledge to your natural medicine test. Okie doke, and we're back. We're back right here on The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. This is Ellen Kamai, The Natural Nurse, and along with my co-host, naturopathic physician, Dr. Eugene Zamperone, we have been bringing you information on natural health a literally many, many years. So we're so happy to be here today with our wonderful guest, Dr. Mark Tager, and he's describing very appropriate, intelligent, and correct information about the whole person. So one thing I wanted to say about that, Dr. Mark, is are you familiar with the NIH has initiated a project called Whole Person Medicine? Uh, no, I did not know that, but, uh, you know, I had whole person healthcare way back in the day, but yeah, I, I think it's wonderful that we're starting to see this movement uh, 
seeping into mainstream medicine. Um, and I, I did a book with Mimi Guarneri some years back uh, called Total Engagement. And, and what it was, was looking at how and why practitioners adopt this philosophy. And, you know, it's so interesting because many of them uh, come at a whole person approach, having had their own illness, having had a family or a loved, uh, loved one who has adopted a more naturally oriented root cause approach. And, and that has actually shifted their, you know, their, their paradigm. So they are willing to be open and consider that. Uh, yeah. I just think that this, you know, the, the, the rigid mindset that we have in anything is, is never helpful. You know, I've always thought that the belief that you hold right now on anything is just one of many, many, many that you could hold. So it's sometimes you, you have to, you know, there's, it's like ice. When, when ice is crystallized and the belief systems and the treatment paradigms are frozen in time, very often they freeze in time around the training of the young physician. So they do things the way they did 10 years ago when they went through residency training. So sometimes we have to unthaw that and then allow the recrystallization to take place in another, another way or form. So... Um, so although it's so individualized, which is definitely ideal, certainly, like in your new book, Feed Your Skin Right, your personalized nutrition plan for radiant health, we can do some more general information that every listener could, you know, take to heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, this is the 80-20 rule. So much of it, first of all, begins with what you put in your mouth and what you don't put in your mouth. I mean, if you look at the 125 pounds of sugar that the average American is is taking in, it contributes to glycation. If you look at the the sad diet with this highly processed foods and these uh, the fats that that move uh, the body to creating what's known as prostaglandins, which are inflammation. So we have fats. Too much of the wrong kind of fats push us towards inflammation. So name some of those, like very specifically, so listeners can get so, it. I mean, for me, it's even things like bagels, because that has tons of sugar, tons of wheat, and I think really interferes with a smooth digestive process. So if you have one a week, that's very different than starting every day with one. Well, first of all, we can't really in California start any day with bagels because they just don't taste good. Oh, but here in New York, it's a big deal. <laughs> I know. I, I grew up in New York, so I, I know a good bagel. But but the point here is, and, and again, I don't want to vilify any one food. I mean, the point is we have to move toward eating whole foods that are unprocessed and more fruits and more vegetables. Um, you know, I... I think about this, and let's just talk about the skin angle, because again, right. we can make many kinds of things. First of all, if you're eating a lot of simple uh, carbohydrates, you are prone to glycation. Your gut is not going to be very happy because the food for the good bacteria in the gut, the commensal bacteria, they like to eat roughage. They like fiber. They like those cruciferous vegetables and and all of the, uh, phytonut the phytonutrients that can help support them. So the 
you want to eat for your gut as well. And the gut really wants the probiotics, the prebiotics that that can help support um, food. And where would someone get that in their diet? Probiotics, prebiotics. You know, where you get this, first of all, you get this, um, the fiber. Uh, You got to get fiber in your diet. So we want to have people lean towards fruits and vegetables, more on the vegetable side. But then also fermented foods, the kimchi and sauerkrauts. Isn't that an amazing thing? Let's stop there. Because if you think about kimchi and sauerkraut, when you think about grandmothers, There's a lot of grandmothers of all kinds of ethnicities and genetic propensities that it's really the same. I mean, I prefer kimchi because it has some hot, usually hot items added to sauerkraut. But I mean, it's worldwide that was a basic fermented food. Yes, I I think we made enormous um, strides in nutrition uh, and, and health when we sort of adopt these fermented vegetables. And that's what's so great about going to Korea. You go to a a, a Korean restaurant in Korea, and the first thing you get are 25, you know, different little um, fermented vegetables. And, you know, the other thing about the skin, I think this is really important. Um, You know, when I go out to my garden in the morning, I look at these multicolored, deeply rich colored plants. And if you think about it, the 5,000 phytonutrients in plants, what function do they serve? They are there to protect that plant from the UV radiation of the sun. Okay, these are the phytonutrients. And so there's, there's very good research showing that when you essentially eat these phytonutrients, uh, when you eat a plant-rich diet, and there are many of the plants are very high in these antioxidants, you actually are conferring onto your skin an SPF, and you, you can't really make that claim, but it's an SPF of about three or four. So you're getting some internal skin barrier protection by the consumption of some of these phytonutrients and these antioxidants. You know, when it comes to skincare, <laughs> very often we think about smushing things in, smearing things on, getting all these nutrients into the skin from the outside in. And and I'm not belittling that because there are some nutrients that will penetrate the skin, like vitamin C penetrates the skin. What do you mean by by penetrates, like if it's used as a topical? Yeah, but used topically, yes, exactly. When we talk about topical use, about getting things. But the reality is that, you know, as you sit here, you know, You've got 60,000 miles of blood vessels and any place from six, 7% of that blood flow is going through your skin at this moment. So how do we get key nutrients? How do we get uh, minerals? How do we get vitamins? How do we get antioxidants into the skin? We really get it in through the bloodstream. And then that diffuses through the layers of the skin, through the lower layers, the through the dermis, past what's called the DE junction, which is the, the, the very active metabolic space between the epidermis, the outside, and the, the dermis, the more inside layers of the skin. And that's how we bring nutrients to the skin. Now, we can put topicals on our face, but most of that, much of it, is barrier protection. 
is moisturization and barrier protection. But what about like commercial skin creams where you read the back of them and they have a paragraph of all kinds of chemicals, many of which are known to be quite toxic, although they're allowed in cosmetics, which by the way, the FDA has just upgraded their requirements of topicals as of last month. Um, So that's interesting. A lot of those chemicals might be something you don't really want on your skin. Yes, there are, there are, we have to watch out for any sort of sensitizers and, and, and basically toxic molecules. Now in Europe, they have much more stringent requirements than we do. So there are companies in the U S that produce a topical and try to get it sold in Europe and they can't even get it into the country. So you want to look for some of those. You don't want dyes and colorings. And I think most people will do need to move away from fragrances as well, because sometimes the fragrances uh, can be sensitizing also. So you want to shift towards more uh, natural skincare, but also we have breakthroughs in science as well uh, that allow molecules to be more active, that stimulate the 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 actual uh, stem cells of the body. So the the newer categories, it's really interesting. We've got all of the botanicals on one hand, and then we've got growth factors, peptides, exosomes, which are these scientifically modulated molecules um, that actually do penetrate the skin and can have uh, some some efficacy. So we're really kind of caught here. And this is this is the debate that we see in integrative functional medicine and allopathic medicine. We, we really want to bring together the best of the natural world and whatever modern science that we can bring to, let's say, skincare or healthcare in general. So this is uh, this is the merging, the meeting of the minds. And it's tricky uh, because I personally try to never come down totally on one side of the equation, but rather we want to adopt the the best of natural medicine and hold that sacred and keep that in mind, but then also look at the science and see where we're making advances. Well, let's talk about something that many of our listeners might have heard of because it's kind of, you know, a hot topic of the day, which is collagen. And I know you discuss a lot about collagen. Should someone take it? Should someone use it as a topical applicant? And are there different kinds that they should be looking for? That would be a good place to start. Wonderful, wonderful. It's the question du jour um, because it's really driving the category of um, skin, uh, skin health and beauty from within. So when I started looking at this four or five years ago, there wasn't much evidence that supported the fact that oral collagens would really help the skin. Now, you have to think about what these collagen peptides are. They uh, Collagen only comes from animal sources. Uh, they take uh, a, a fish source or a bovine source or a pork source, and they heat and heat the, uh, the bones and uh, sinews under high pressure, and then they break down the collagen into smaller molecules that are absorbed. Because essentially what you're trying to do is to get the the necessary amino acids into the body to build collagen. Now, recently, over the last several years, there have been some good studies showing that both 
internal and external collagen can have an effect. Now, here's where I have to disabuse people of um, a notion. And that is, if you think that you're going to take a collagen supplement, and that collagen knows exactly where to go to. Well, send that collagen to my cheeks and build up my cheekbones and help prevent the sagging of my lower face. Uh, that doesn't happen. You know, the collagen goes throughout the body. And, you know, uh, it, it's important, by the way, also to have the other components of collagen. To build collagen, we need just not just the collagen peptides, we need a, a symphony of, of other nutrients. We need iron and copper and we need vitamin C. So it's not just the amino acids in the collagen. So you need a very, very balanced uh, sort of approach there. And um, I, I think that one of the things that has always been interesting to me is that, you know, being one of the team that created the Fraxel laser, many of your listeners might know about, is when you use a device that introduces heat into the dermis, which is the Fraxel or the RF devices, what happens is the you you de, you heat up the collagen and you call your own body's collagen and you cause it to shrink and unwind and it becomes the scaffold upon which new collagen is made. So what happens is it sends out a signal to the body that says, okay, you just did my cheeks and help we need to build new collagen in this in my cheeks so it's sending out signals and recruiting all of those elements the amino acids uh, vitamin c to build new collagen and the process is called um collagen remodeling um in which we go ahead and we build new collagen on on top of the older you know uh, scaffold now the issue that we have there is that it, this actually, collagen remodeling works best in people under about the age of 60. I mean, so a younger person, 45, uh, 40, would remodel their collagen much, much better than someone who's 65. So this is a bit age dependent. Um, so I do think that uh, taking a collagen uh, supplement for many people is a good thing. Uh, they are you know, it, there are different sources. They're all animal-based, so there's no vegan uh, 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 sources. Um, the molecules are divided down. They, they, there some are larger, some are smaller. Some have claims for joint health. Some have claims for skin health. And um, so you'll you'll want to look and see, for example, uh, which are the better collagens, uh, depending upon why you want to take them. Well, that's really excellent and in-depth information and i we're going to go to a little break here so the station can identify itself this is progressive radio network that you're listening to us or podcasting or whatever you all are doing at this point or of course you can catch us at any time and we will also have live links to dr mark tager's um, information and his website. There's so much there. And we're talking about some things you'll find in his book, Inside Skin Beauty. We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, if you personally have a question that you'd like to ask us right here on Progressive Radio Network during today's show, the call in number is 888 874 4888. That's 
888-874-4888. And you can call in and the um, staff at the station will get us to your call. And we're going to take a break right here on Progressive Radio Network, The Natural Nurse and Dr. Z. You can always find us at naturalnurse.com. So we will be right back with more. Here comes 5G two-way transmission. Woo, two-way. What do I get? 5G black ops breaking and entering your brain. Well, there's nothing in there to do. 5G psyops, they're going to block you from your own consciousness. How'd they do that? With swarms of WEC nanobots feeding on your soul. 5G thoughts and 5G feelings pulsing in and pulsing out and pulsing in and pulsing out. Which ones are real and which ones are 5G false flags? How do you find out? How do you find out? Well, no matter where you look or who you ask, you will only find the complete 5G story. When you are with the network where your humanity is in sync with your life, not 5G. And that is only with Progressive Radio Voices at PRN.live. Hi everyone, I'm Dee Dee I'm a psychotherapist, a sex therapist, the author of the groundbreaking book on relationships. For better, for worse, forever, discover the path to lasting love. I'm also the advice columnist for Dan's Papers in the Hamptons and Palm Beach. I'm a national speaker and also a national radio and television expert guest. Uh, I also have a private practice in New York City and East Hampton. The Ask Beatty Show is about empowerment. We talk about relationships, mental health, and sexuality, and discuss all of the things that we can actually do to improve the quality of our lives and our relationships. And you can call me during the show, and we can also talk about your own specific problems and issues. So join me every Monday afternoon from 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and remember that we don't need to navigate life's ups and downs on Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. for The Baseline with me, Jeremiah Hosea, where we talk about culture, politics, the medical freedom conversation, and we take your calls on the people's airwaves. PRN. Will you be digitized? The Great Reset wants to digitize you. They want to track and record all of our data, personal, transactional, medical data as it is happening while we are doing it. Real time. Track and record, track and record, real time. Those great reset guys, they are way, way out there. How do we stop them from going way, 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 way out there with us? You have to be with humanity, and you have to be informed. So you have to be with progressive radio voices, and that means you are at PRN.Live. 
Imagine we are back. Is that true, Engineer? Thank you so much for joining us once again right here on Progressive Radio Network. And we're here with our guest, Dr. Mark Tager. Dr. Tager, are you still there? Yes, I am. There he yeah. is. I see him. And we don't we don't actually film the video, but I see him here on video in his lovely studio there. And we my did dog, my, my little dog is is joining me, so they're they're uh, seeing is your, hello. Is your dog on the couch? Yes, my dog. Oh on. yes, <laughs> it's great. So I just want to throw out this number. We don't usually take call-ins, but I thought today we'd give it a try. Maybe we'll do it in the future if anybody wants to call in with a question for myself or our wonderful guest today, Dr. Mark Tager, you can just call in at 888-874-4888 as we head to the top of the hour. And Dr. Tager, you were giving us great information about collagen. And one thing you did not do, you didn't say get this or that, like this brand or that brand. So that's not what we're talking about. But do you have an opinion about which ones might be best absorbed or is that again individualized it is individualized to some extent but they much of the collagen is made the quality collagen is made by a company called jolita g-e-l-i-t-a and they've um trademarked some of their uh their products Uh, so you know you're getting a really good um product and so they've broken it down into different sized molecules that work differently and have done studies. So you look for names like Verisol uh, uh, for skin, uh, for Fortibone, for bones and joints. You can look at um, uh, body balance uh, for some uh, uh, skin uh, muscle muscle and also some skin health so those are in those are pretty good sources of pure clean well well manufactured collagen you know the, the problem and and this brings up another really important point for me um there's two kinds of categories there are professional brand products that are sold uh excuse me i have to shut off my uh um my pinging here um there are professional brand products that are for the most part only sold to practitioners now sometimes these uh move on over into amazon at higher prices but products that are created by companies like designs for health uh, orthomolecular metagenics um enzymedica enzyme science these are and i and i have a list in in my my book of the professional grade companies where you know you're getting quality there's your safety is assured if something says it's 100 milligrams it's 100 milligrams there are no contaminants you know i i'm not going to mention for example the name of the most popular uh multivitamin uh in use today but if you look at the label you see all this junk in there Uh, so true so true and you also see the cheap stuff. I mean, you know, you'll see a, a type of magnesium that that is not bioabsorbable, or only 5% is bioabsorbable. So you, you, you don't, 
you want to you don't want to get magnesium oxide you want to get glycine magnesium glycinate or biglycinate or uh, taurinate or threonate which are much better absorbed so you you get in you know in one way would you pay for if you're going for cheap supplements you don't know that you're getting the quality that your body needs so i really like uh i really recommend and, and i have a strong preference that we that people go through their practitioners for practitioner brands and get the guidance as well because so i mean you need guidance to determine how how to quell the confusion because everyone is telling you something about what you should take and the best guide there is someone who's been trained by one of your programs or one of the programs for ifm or a4m or um uh, the american nutrition association or any of the nutritional training programs where, where people will get this serious science and 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 they will be able to guide you. I, I, I love the idea that we're in an era right now in which the patient is the hero. We want, we are empowered. And yet we always need our guides. And the, and I would suspect that many of the listeners on your show are the guides. So one of the best things they can do is they need to understand that skin health and beauty is a big motivator for people. And the same treatments that fix the gut and fix the brain also fix the skin. So, there, there, you know, there are nuances there, but but there's a, a really good connection that, that we encourage people to make. So I've also seen a difference in people's skin, in fact, with something like coconut oil when they start to ingest a good quality coconut oil. So like you said, that might not be for any everyone, but some people might either require or have the kind of metabolism where that is a helpful thing for skin health. And of course, it's been used both directly on the skin as well as ingested in areas where coconuts grow for millions of years. Sure. And and what we're looking at there is probably one of the many principles of good skin care. And that is how do we protect the skin barrier? So when we look and we evaluate skin, we evaluate it for um, its leakiness. Um, we've got leaky gut, which I'm sure your listeners are familiar with. We've got leaky brain and we have leaky skin. So we have these layers of skin that are held together. It's sort of like the brick and, and mortar sort of analogy. And the mortar are the key fats, the ceramides and the uh, components of the essential fatty acids and we do need fat. We need good, healthy fats in order to make strong mortar. And very often I'll see folks who have these dry skin and they just, uh, they break out and they just don't have a good skin barrier. Some of that has to do with evaluating the, you know, let's say the, first of all, the omega-6, omega-3 balance. Now, well, that is, we're going to have to stop there, but what great information. And that's why the kind of medicine that you do, Dr. Tager, is so much more, I think, based on what people really need for health and wellness. And I'm hoping more and more as we move towards the future that it can become widely available and be standard of practice, first line intervention for everyone, because it's actually 
costs a whole lot less society-wise if everyone stays well and doesn't use as many pharmaceuticals. So for all those reasons, I really recommend that people do visit your website at drtager.com. Look for your many books, including your new book, Feed Your Skin Right, which we've been talking about here today. And thank you so much for being our guest. Ellen, this has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Ellen Kamai, the natural nurse at naturalnurse.com, hoping that you stay healthy. <laughs>